a Radio 1 91FM podcast. From slinging breakfast on Radio 1 to being the mayor who gets it done, it's time for our fortnightly catch-up with Dunedin's mayor, we're Squawking with Hawkins. Yeah, thank you for that, Chris. It is time for Squawking with Hawkins. Uh, Morena Aaron. Good morning. How are we today? Oh, very good, thank you. Beautiful morning out of the Otago Harbour. Yes, yeah, well, it's a beautiful morning looking at the trees outside my window. You'll, you'll know those trees well. Autumnal. Yes, yes. Well, they are starting to turn a little bit yellow, which is nice. Mm. This is nice. Lovely. The leaf blower will have much work to do very soon. Um, right now, the first question is, uh, you know, is a question that I see th- things uh, that are asked quite a bit on the internet. Are you just a patsy for the UN? <laughs> what the hell is the IC out here? Exactly. Yeah, my, my favourite um, of the, you know, in the broad range of the Agenda 21 conspiracy theorists that we're all puppets uh, of a vast global UN conspiracy that involves uh, Ickley. Um, Ickley is uh, in the Oceania region. Uh, two staff at a hot desk at the Melbourne City Council. Um, <laughs> and, and, and whenever whenever this uh, incredible power and authority is attributed to them, uh, I do have a quiet chuckle. But uh, in, in all seriousness, it's, a, uh, it's an international network of local and subnational governments um, working towards uh, a more a sustainable future and it has different focuses in different parts of the world and, and helps it has a, 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 does a, quite a bit of work in the Pacific funded by uh, the EU mm-hmm. um, to help um, island states uh, prepare and adapt for a, for a changing climate and, and various other uh, projects around climate change and, and biodiversity and, and so on but it's a, it's a membership organisation of which uh, the Dunedin City Council is a member, uh, and, and I'm, uh, I sit on the, the regional, the Oceania regional executive of, of that organisation. But if, if, I, if only they were as powerful as some people seem to think they were. <laughs> uh, so what, they're doing projects like, you know, building solar arrays in the Pacific to, to help them get rid of their reliance on diesel and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is... Uh, a, a lot of it is kind of planning and planning and support. Um, you know, the, the, there isn't a, a, a vast um, capacity in places like um, Honiara, for instance, um, to, to do this. So, in similar ways that uh, that uh, uh, LGNZ, local government New Zealand, have a contract with MFAT to support. Um, Pacific nation, so we send staff, I say we, you know, local government collectively send staff to Samoa and, and, and Rarotonga and places to help with uh, various projects over there. Uh, it's, it's just a, another way of being able to share the capacity that, that doesn't necessarily exist in, um, in smaller na- nations and cities, mm-hmm. uh, but, but where there is a, a, a particular need for some of that work. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, so it doesn't stand for International Communist Lies and Infidels? Well, no, because what is... There isn't even one for the E there. Oh, even Infidels, I think it was. Um, (laughs) Now, Agenda 21, now, as Billy TK said, um, if you replace a bunch of the words in the mission statement with control, then you see that it's all about control. Uh, They were his words, not mine. 
Yeah. It's exactly what he said. As easy as it is um, for us to make light of it, I, I personally don't see the value in giving oxygen uh, <laughs> yeah, people like him. I played, I played his brother's music this morning. Um, all right, moving on then. Uh, Fringe Festival, it's on. It's begun. Uh, opening night last night. Um, how excited are you for it? I know you love it. Yeah, you sit on the board. Um, mm. and, and, you know, what, what does an event like this mean and bring to the city of Otipoti? Yeah, and, and it, it's, it's hard to believe that it's been 12 months uh, since the last well, not so much the last Fringe Festival, the last scheduled uh, Fringe Festival. They they were the the eye of the storm, if you like, for uh, COVID-related cancellations. And and at the beginning, it was all the you know, the big events, you know, the gala openings and larger scale things that were cancelled, and then medium-sized events when it looked like the limit was going to be a hundred, and the whole thing got uh, got called off. Um, and so that's, I mean, and you'll be as aware of this as. Uh, as, um, as many people are, the, the last 12 months for the creative community and for the events industry has been uh, incredibly difficult. Mm. I mean, for large parts of that year, no one's been able to do anything. And then when you are in a situation uh, through the alert level system where you can put on events um, of whatever scale, there is still a degree of uncertainty as to what might happen at one o'clock today or tomorrow or the next day that can change that. So it makes um, planning. Uh, difficult <laughs> and getting insurance obviously is nigh on impossible in, in that environment. So it is, it's been hard. Um, but I think the, the collective effort that we have all made has got us to a position where we're even able to entertain things like uh, gathering together in large numbers and uh, seeing um, shows at the Fringe Festival. But the, you know, a lot of things got cancelled or, or postponed last year. We've got a huge. Uh, rush of them uh, yes. over the next few months. The, the, the <laughs> Fringe do. Festival, the Arts Festival after that, uh, Wild Dunedin Festival, and uh, the Dunedin Writers and Readers Festival, who right. put out their program this week, which takes us between all of that is happening between now and the first week of May. Yeah. Uh, so that is um, that is a lot. That is a lot. Uh, but but you know there has always been um, an obligation, I think, on on us. Uh, on, on people who think that these are valuable things for the city, and I'm certainly one of them, uh, that we need people to be supporting them. And, and with so much going on, um, you know, it can't, it can't just be the, uh, the usual suspects carrying the load. So I'd encourage people to go out on the limb and uh, do something different over the next 10 days at the, at the Fringe Festival, but certainly start mapping out your next few months because there's plenty going on. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's obviously great for the people who are making work and producing work and all of the people that are um, uh, employed around that, um, but it is uh, in, in, incredibly powerful from a, a social well-being and cultural well-being point of view for people to be able to get together and, and share those experiences and um, and be out and about building connections and, and, and you know, all of the things that make our community stronger and if this last year has taught us anything, it's that and we need it. we need to build strong communities to be able to um, handle times of challenge. Yes, yes, and we really want the students to get out there and, and, um, and enjoy the the arts and culture that the city um, has on offer. That's outside more of... than just their Irish heritage. Yeah. yeah, well, that's right. Seems like they were very well behaved. 
um, which I was slightly I was slightly surprised to uh, to see a group of enthusiastic lads on my way uh, doing the school run yesterday morning, but they were very polite <laughs> I mean, at, at nine a.m. at least. Yes, yes. No, well, from all accounts, from the um, from the campus cop, they seem to um, be quite good. Um, and well behaved I think they might have tuckered themselves out quite a bit early um, just quickly uh, before we go um, there is talk of um, uh, a new way to well um, not have to dig up the old pipes for Wakawaite and Karatane uh, and lay um, some new piping in a, in a different area um, but how long can the people of, of those areas um, realis- realistically expect to be without drinkable tap water well, they do have drinkable tap water currently. It's just not as accessible as it would ordinarily be, and uh, that it's being provided through um, for a, a network of tanks rather than through the, yeah. the tap in your kitchen. But um, it, it, I, it's hard to put a put a timeline on it. But the work to replace the pipe uh, at that end of the network uh, should be done by June. Um, but that's but that is um, not because. We think that is the cause of it. It's just eliminating um, one risk, really, and bringing forward work that we were already planning on doing. Yeah. Uh, the, the the big thing at the moment is, um, and international supply chains are a little um, challenging at the moment too. But we've we've ordered a a, a piece of kit from Belgium uh, that is coming in that will allow us to uh, test water in the reservoir uh, in real time and online uh, lead reader basically mm-hmm. um, and 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 if that is if we can calibrate that right uh, to to a degree that comforts the public health authorities you'll be in a position that should you have a future intermittent spikes you don't have to wait for a random sampling and testing to be processed and come back uh, it will let you know uh, in, in real time and that would allow you to um, shut the water off from the uh, from the between the reservoir and the distribution network, and so that's um, that's going to that that will be the next um, thing for us. And 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 if we can make that work, uh, then you'd be able to be in a situation where people would be able to use their uh, use their tap water, knowing that should there be an intermittent spike for whatever reason, and we don't know what those what those reasons are yet, and we may never know. <laughs> Yes. Uh, what caused those? Uh, what caused those readings? Um, you will be able to have have a confidence that that won't make it through to the distribution network. Uh, at the same time, uh, we were already planning on uh, upgrading the the water treatment plant uh, in, in that part of the city next year. Uh, it, it's timely now, though, given everything else, to look at whether the scope of that is uh, adequate and whether we might um, need to look at doing that slightly differently to deal with the. And to help mitigate further against the, the current uh, the current risks, but um, it's it's not going to happen tomorrow. Um, but you know we're we're optimistic that in the next uh, two to three months we should have a uh, a better handle on it. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Well, um, well, we'll leave it there. Um, thank you very much for joining us this morning, Aaron. Thanks, Jamie. Have a wonderful day at work, and we'll uh, talk again soon. Cheers. There's the mayor, Aaron Hawkins, of course. Not part of a conspiracy. It's all right. Don't freak out. And June 21, it's here for you. Here's Human Barbie. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.